entering a realm between the hidden and forgotten. A slipstream caught between realities. A secret museum of the esoteric. The private library of shadows. All taking place in a world forced from mystery and caught between logic and myth. You are entering para-reality. Hello and welcome to the mysterious world of para-reality. This is a realm where the blurred lines between what's real and unreal merge together, forming an alternate reality where truth and fiction become indistinguishable. I'm Sandman, and I'm your host. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm super excited to be here with you tonight. Not only do I have a pretty good episode in store for you this evening, but I also have a couple of major announcements about the podcast. One of these is something that I've been working on for a couple of years, and it's a pretty big deal for Parareality. And the other is something that's just come up, and I'm equally excited for that too. So without any further delay, let me drop the news on you Then I'll tell you about tonight's episode. So, first of all, you'll notice that uh, I skipped a week. I was supposed to uh, air on uh, February 16th, and I did not. I skipped a week. Well, that's because of this first announcement. It's something that I've been working on behind the scenes for a couple of years, as I said. And I am pleased and also very excited to announce that Parareality is now a member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Evergreen Podcast is a community where people think big without talking down. They're boots-on-the-ground storytellers who love capturing the color and diversity of modern makers, from entrepreneurs and musicians to philosophers, artists, and more. Now, most specifically, Parareality will be featured on Evergreen's Killer Podcast Network, which features podcasts such as Spooky Science Sisters, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, The Mad Scientist Podcast, and The Mallard Report, just to name a few. So this has been, I've been working on this, like I said, behind the scenes for a couple of years. It's just been unfortunate delays on both of our ends and, and uh it's taken a while and, and finally we just uh in uh february last month we we finally got everything nailed down and and they wanted me to delay uh, posting any episodes until we got everything officially moved over to the podcast to the evergreen podcast network so this is my very first episode with Evergreen, and I'm looking forward to a long relationship with this podcast network. This means more listeners for Parareality, and that leads to more exposure for the podcast. The staff of Evergreen and I have been working behind the scenes, like I said, for a couple of years to get this done. There's been just unfortunate delays after delays and, you know, things have happened on both ends, my end and their end. And I I really want to thank everyone involved at Evergreen for believing in me 
and what my little podcast has to offer and for sticking around and uh, working through two solid years of something that should have only taken just a few months to, to, to nail down. But like I said, things happen and uh, they've stuck with me. I've stuck with them and I really want to thank everyone involved in Evergreen for believing in me and my little Perialty podcast. So please do me a favor and support Evergreen by going to evergreenpodcast.com and check out all of the great podcasts that that network has to offer. It's got some really great podcasts, and it's more than just paranormal and true crime and stuff like that. I mean, they've got a little bit of everything. So head on over to evergreenpodcast.com and check them out. I am so happy and so excited to be a part of this network. Now, this means that, unfortunately, I am no longer uh, a part of the Straight Up Strange podcast network. Um, That uh, network fell apart uh, unexpectedly um, without any notification from the owners of the network. They just kind of left all of us uh, podcast hanging high and dry there. So um, hate that that happened like, like it did, but uh, don't look for uh, uh, the Straight Up Strange podcast network because it doesn't exist anymore, and I'm not a member of it anyway, so who cares, right? <laughs> so what does this mean for you? the listener. Well, nothing much really is going to change for you guys. 99% of all the changes are happening or have already happened behind the scenes. Parareality will still be available on all of the normal podcast platforms like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or I think they're they're changing to YouTube Podcast here uh, sometime this month or in the next couple of months or so. Um, Pandora, Spotify, etc. I mean, all of the the usual suspects as far as podcast platforms go, I'm still going to be there. Um, There's nothing that you need to do, so you don't need to resubscribe. You don't need to refresh your feed or anything like that. Things should continue as normal for you. However, if you are a subscriber and all of a sudden you um, don't start getting regular updates or whatever, you need to try to resubscribe, and if that doesn't work, please send an email to sandman at parareality.com. Let me know that you're having problems, and I will take care of that for you. Um, sometimes, you know, some things happen behind the scenes that we don't have any control over, but uh, the, the migration uh, so far has been very, very smooth and seamless, and things should not change at all for you as a listener. However... For the podcast itself, it means that I will unfortunately have to move away from Spreaker, which has been my longtime podcast host. Now, I have nothing against Spreaker. In fact, I love Spreaker. I love everything that they have to offer. They've been very good to me over the years, and I can't say enough good things about them. And if I could stay with Spreaker, I would. But... I can't because Evergreen uses Megaphone, which means that I have migrated all of my stuff over to that platform. 
All of my past podcast episodes are still going to be available on Spreaker until June of this year, just in case you want to download any of them or go back and listen to any of them. But don't worry, because they're also available on Megaphone as well. We've already got everything migrated over, so Everything new is going to be on the Megaphone platform. All of my prior podcasts are on the Megaphone platform as well. So don't worry about it. You can still get them no matter what, Spreaker or Megaphone. And, of course, you can also access them from the archive section of Parareality.com, which is my website. Um, So there are all kind of different ways that you can go back and listen to past episodes or download them or whatever. So don't worry about that. Like I said, 99% of the changes uh, have already happened and it comes behind the scenes and everything has been so far flawless. And um, I can't say enough good things about Evergreen and what they have been doing for me. So I'm really excited. Um, but it, all my episodes are still available. My past episodes still available on Spreaker. Uh, you can just get Go to Spreaker if, if you if you frequent Spreaker, or you can go to Megaphone if you want to go to Megaphone. But really the easiest way is just to access them from the archive section of parareality.com because um, they're they're already up there in the archive section. And speaking of my website, parareality.com, I've just now today relaunched parareality.com. It's a brand new parareality.com just launched today as of the recording of this podcast. I've freshened up the website, added some content, deleted some stuff, and I've also got a brand new logo for the podcast as well. I figured that since I was making a new start with Evergreen that I might as well go ahead and get a new website and a new logo to go along with everything. So head on over to the new parareality.com and check it out. Now, just keep in mind, it's kind of a work in progress, so there's going to be updates here and there. And I'm also working on getting the new logo transferred over uh, to all of my merch in my store. So I'll let you know when that's available too. But uh, the new website is up and running. It's still the same thing, parareality.com. I really am loving the new logo. I'm loving the new website. There's a lot of uh, stuff that I can do the website that I haven't been able to do in the past. So it's going to be a great website for you guys. So you've still got uh, access to all the archives, Brand new, fresh episodes that drop. All of my past episodes are in the archive section to include, as of now, still with uh, Live 365 and uh, uh, WRFN. And hopefully I'm going to, you know, I keep saying, God, I, I did like five seasons on WRFN, or, excuse me, on Live 365, but I've only uploaded like, you know, the first season. I still need to get to around to uploading more stuff. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever we... Uh, Whenever we come to it, one day I'll get around to doing that. Uh, I've still got the news section. There's, uh, I had a lot of news on the old website, and it was just a lot. It was just too much. And, uh, so I've kind of pared down some of the news that I have to offer, uh, but there's still the para news section. Um, there's some videos and stuff. There's, it's, you can uh, shop in the store. It's still pretty much. Uh, All the same content that uh, was on the old website, it's just a better website, still the same domain name. It's, uh, like I said, I've added a couple of little things, deleted a few things, but it's pretty much still the same website, just updated and fresh. And I really like it, and I hope you will too. So head on over to parareality.com, check it out. Now, the second announcement I have 
is that Parareality has been invited by the organizers of the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival to be an official podcaster at their fourth annual festival in Townsend, Tennessee on May the 4th of this year, 2024. The festival will be held at the Townsend Visitor Center from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. local time, and the tickets are on sale now for only $13.73 apiece. There are going to be guest speakers, live music, over 75 vendors, over 30 food trucks. There's going to be a wood carving competition. There's going to be music and even some wrestling going on. And to top it all off, in the morning, I think before the festival even starts, there's going to be a 5K run as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Townsend, Tennessee on May the 4th. And you definitely don't want to miss this year's Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. I went to the third annual one last year, and uh, I got to meet Dr. Jeff Meldrum, which I have been wanting to meet him for a long time. We exchanged some information. Wanted to get him on the show, but as you know, he he got sick and had to be hospitalized. So we didn't get a chance to do that. So hopefully maybe this season I can get him on. Um, uh, Giorgio Sukulos was there. Um and uh, all the guys from uh, the Mountain Monsters television show were there. Uh, I did not get to meet them, but I did get to attend one of their lectures. Those guys are awesome. Um, they're they're just as laid back and uh, personal as what you think they would be. I mean, what you see on the TV show is basically what you get in real life. Um, it's, it's a great festival to attend if you are into Sasquatch or Bigfoot or any type of cryptid or just alternate topics to start off with, or if you just want to go and just have a good time, it is a great festival to attend. And I am so thankful and honored that the organizers have uh, asked me to be an official podcaster of the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. Now to learn more, find out who all the guests are, who all the food trucks are going to be, to find more about the the uh, musical guests, the wrestling and the 5k fun run, to find out all about that. And to purchase your tickets, just head on over to Facebook and type in Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival in the search bar. And Smoky is spelled S-M-O-K-Y. That's S-M-O-K-Y. Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. Look that up in the search bar in Facebook. And if you do decide to go, Stop by the para-reality table and say hi. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing for the festival yet, but I'm working on a couple of ideas. So keep an eye on the website, parareality.com, for updates. I hope to see some of you listeners there. Please stop by and say hello. And I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and say this right now. If you are a regular listener of the podcast and you come by my booth... I will guarantee you two things. Number one, I'll give you a free T-shirt. All you got to do is just say, hey, I am a regular listener of Parareality. And um, if you are also a regular listener and you've had some sort of uh, experience with Bigfoot or something that you believe to be Bigfoot, 
and you want to tell your story, I'll go ahead and have you tell me your story right there at the festival, and I'll get you on to the podcast, and uh, you can tell your story on the podcast. So that's some incentive to not only attend the festival, but also to come see me. So remember, if you're a regular listener and you decide you want to go to the Smoky Mountain Big, Bigfoot Festival, find the pair of reality table, say, hey, I'm a regular listener, and I'll give you a free T-shirt. And if you've had a Bigfoot experience, I'll let you tell me about that on the podcast. So I hope to see some of you guys there. Um, it's going to be a great time. It was a great time last year. It was very well organized. Even if you're not from the Tennessee area, it's worth coming in just to, to hang out in the Smoky Mountains because the Smoky Mountains are beautiful. And you should really visit the Smoky Mountains at least once. So why not make it a dual trip, right? Take a long weekend, experience the Smoky Mountains, and have some fun at the uh, Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. Go to Dollywood, too. Why not? Hope to see some of you guys there. Man, that was a lot of info, wasn't it? And I haven't even gotten to what tonight's episode is going to be about yet. And we're almost like, we're 18 minutes into the show. <laughs> well, let's get to it, shall we? All right. So in and around the Mojave Desert, there have been reports of mysterious creatures given different names like the Mojave Bigfoot, Sierra Highway Devil, and Marvin of the Mojave. Locals in the Antelope Valley area might recognize these terms as referring to a local cryptid known as the Yucca Man. This creature is believed to be a version of the legendary Bigfoot, just one that's adapted to desert life. It's said to inhabit parts of Southern California, Nevada, and Arizona, with sightings dating back to the 1970s, particularly in the Antelope Valley area. The Yucca Man was first sighted on a night in 1971 at the 29 Palms Marine Base. Different versions of the story exist, but generally it's told that a Marine guard who was on duty was found the next morning. He was unconscious. His rifle had been bent in half. And according to the Marine, a large, hairy figure emerged from the darkness and approached him. The Marine tried to stop the figure by raising his rifle and giving orders, but the creature took the rifle and bent it in half. The Marine was then knocked out, and the creature was described as having glowing red eyes and a foul smell. Both the FBI and the CIA were involved in investigating this incident, but the details of their findings remain unclear. There were apparently at least two other sightings of similar figures on that same night. One report mentioned a 12-foot-tall figure accompanied by a smaller one. Other accounts came from people whose dogs were constantly barking at something in the area. So just who or what is the Yucca Man? Is he a Sasquatch or some version of him? Like a cousin? Is he a completely different type of cryptid altogether? Is he an alien from another world? Or is he actually just a figment of some overactive imaginations? Well, to learn all that, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get down to that, it is mail time. One of my favorite times of the podcast. Got us grabbing the old email bag. And 
I don't think that I've uh, read this one before. So if I have, forgive me, but I don't think so. This comes from Andrew from YouTube. You know, a lot of people listen to the podcast on YouTube. And Andrew wrote a comment that says, uh, this is regarding my interview with Joan Lundgren back in June. And Andrew says, she is such a kind soul, strong, outspoken as much as she is relaxed with her gift. Her first book contains a lot on many subjects. She can help you in many of life's troubles. Thanks, Andrew, for writing in and for your comments. Yeah, you know, if, in case you did not listen to my interview with Joan Lundgren, uh, she is a, she, man, she's many things, but she is a psychic medium, and she, of course, has the ability to talk to those who have crossed over from this earthly plane into the next form of existence. She's also uh, a past life regressionist. She can uh, basically uh, do a reading on you and, and tell you who you were in the past life, and uh, supposedly... Um, I had uh, one of the reasons why um, I have such a fascination with uh, World War II and uh, the Nazi Party is not because I was a Nazi, but because apparently I was a Jew in a former life and I was in a concentration camp. And she gave me a name uh, that I can't I can't find anything else about it. But I thought that was very interesting uh, to to hear. If you want to uh, hear that part of it, it's at the very end of the interview. But if you want to hear the whole entire interview that I did with Joan Lundgren, excuse me, June Lundgren. I keep saying Joan. I am so just with June Lundgren. Um, You can find that in the archives section uh, of periality.com. It was back in June, I believe, of 2024 with June Lundgren, not Joan, but June Lundgren. Um, And uh, thanks, Andrew, for your comments and for listening to the podcast. If uh, you guys have anything that uh, you want to comment about, uh, whether it's, hey, I like the podcast, or you suck, or you got an idea for a podcast, or you got a story you want to tell, or you just want to comment about an episode, I'm always willing to hear anything you got to say. Drop me an email, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. All right. Now we get to get on with the show. Have you heard of the Yucca Man? This mysterious creature, also known as the Desert Sasquatch, has been the subject of numerous sightings in Southern California. Standing at an impressive height of eight feet, covered in hair and with large feet, it's believed to be a distant relative of course, the famous Bigfoot. <clears throat> the Yucca Man is said to wander the vast deserts of Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree National Park, and even the 29 Palms Naval and Marine Base. Since the 1960s, the tale of the Yucca Man has captivated the imagination of many. Southern California newspapers and television stations have frequently shared stories of sightings and encounters fueling the curiosity of amateur cryptozoologists and Bigfoot enthusiasts alike. They've been meticulously examined. The fuzzy photographs and the carefully measured footprints in the sand, all in the hopes of providing tangible proof of the existence of this mysterious being. 
Despite the absence of solid evidence, though, the legend of the Yucca Man endures as numerous individuals continue to assert that they have personally witnessed this enigmatic creature. Now, despite skeptics dismissing the Yucca Man as nothing more than just mere folklore, there are those who firmly believe in its existence within the vast expanse of the California desert. Whether it's a tangible being or the creation of vivid imaginations, the enigmatic legend of the Yucca Man persists, enthralling and captivating the curious minds of many. So let's take a look at the origins of this Yucca Man legend. Now, we have, first of all, the Native American folklore. The origins of the Yucca Man legend can be traced back to the rich tapestry of Native American folklore. The Tongva people, the original inhabitants of the area, have passed down captivating tales of untamed creatures that once roamed the vast deserts. These formidable beings were notorious for their aggression, striking fear into the hearts of anyone unfortunate enough to cross their path. Known as the hairy devils among the Tanva people, these creatures left an indelible mark on their legends. And we also have some accounts from early settlers. The region's early pioneers also had their fair share of spine-chilling encounters with a colossal, hairy beast. The first documented sighting of the Yucca Man can be traced back to 1876 when a brave soul named Turner Helm claimed to have come face-to-face with a quote-unquote missing link near the majestic San Bernardino Mountains. As time went on, more and more reports flooded in during the 1940s recounting the eerie encounters with an enormous ape-like creature lurking in the vicinity of Joshua Tree National Park. Now, These hair-raising tales persisted well into the 1950s and the 1960s with eyewitnesses describing a towering creature that stood over eight feet tall and possessed piercing crimson eyes. Throughout the years, the tale of the Yucca Man has become entangled with other mysterious creature legends like Bigfoot and the Yeti. Although numerous sightings of the Yucca Man have been reported, there is no solid proof as of yet to validate its existence. Nevertheless, the enigmatic legend of the Yucca Man never fails to captivate and enthrall those who have a keen interest in the realm of of cryptids and the inexplainable. So what does the Yucca Man look like, the physical description? Well, first of all, let's compare him to Bigfoot, right? Because the Yucca Man is frequently compared to old Sass. Yet it's believed to possess less hair compared to its woodland relative of Sasquatch. Notably, Yucca Man stands taller than the average human, with uh, certain eyewitness accounts claiming that it reaches a staggering height of over 10 feet tall. And its remarkable features include sizable feet, which some reports suggest are on par with those of Bigfoot. So we've got something that is tall like Bigfoot. Now, depending on who you talk to, you know, Bigfoot can range anywhere from, you know, seven feet to 
infinity and beyond, you know, a staggering height, uh, same as with the Yucca Man. They have, of course, big, sizable feet, comparable with Bigfoot. But when you talk about the hair, Yucca Man has less hair than Bigfoot. Now, you can say that's because it has it's been adapted like that to live in the desert. I would think that um, you need some some kind of hair to help keep you cool, but also to protect you from the sun. But it's, <clears throat> excuse me. At the same time, you don't want to have too much hair, right? Because wouldn't that make you too hot? I would think. But it makes sense to me that if if Yucca Man is a cousin of Bigfoot, uh, that it would have less hair than old Sass does. So what are its distinctive features? Well, obviously the Yucca Man is a formidable creature, and it's often depicted as a massive hairy being with fiery red eyes. In contrast to the dark hues of Bigfoot, Yucca Man boasts a strikingly lighter, sandy-colored coat. It's swift and aggressive in nature, um, and it's caught the attention of many eyewitnesses, and their accounts suggest that it possesses the ability to sprint through the desert at astonishing speeds. Now, we know that Bigfoot can move pretty darn fast, but people have always accounted that to the uh, fact that Bigfoot is so tall and that its stride is so large. So does that translate to Yucca Man? Is its ability to, quote-unquote, sprint across the desert at astonishing speeds, is that because it has such a long stride because it's such a tall beast? Well, I would think so, but maybe there's something a little bit different about the makeup of the Yucca Man. Maybe, um, even though it's a tall being, maybe it's not as dense as what a normal Sasquatch is. Maybe it's a little bit lighter, therefore it's a little bit faster on its feet. Something to ponder. We don't have any reason to believe that, but it's just a uh, suggestion that I'm throwing out there. Now, Yucca Man's footprints, just like Sasquatch, they're truly a remarkable thing. Witnesses have described them as measuring up to one and a half feet in length and spaced six feet apart, which indicates a pretty powerful big stride, right? Interestingly, some accounts have even mentioned that these footprints bear a strikingly resemblance to those of humans, complete with five toes and, of course, an arch. This enigmatic cryptid, Yucca Man, is believed to wander the vast deserts of California, Nevada, and Arizona. Although solid proof is scarce, the tales and encounters surrounding this creature never fail to captivate our curious minds. Delving into the mystery of this world of cryptozoology. Now, as far as some sightings go, when it comes to the Yucca Man, the sightings, they got to be broken down into two distinct categories. you got your military sightings and your civilian sightings, and we're going to talk a little bit about both. <clears throat> First, I'm going to get a little something to drink. You can tell my throat is dry. So first... Let's talk about the military sightings. 
There have been numerous reports of the Yucca Man sightings and encounters by military personnel stationed in the 29 Palms Marine Corps base. Now, according to some of the reports, the creature was described as a large, hairy humanoid standing at least eight feet tall with a strong, musky odor. Some of the reported sightings were accompanied by strange noises like growls and screams, which were heard coming from the creature. On a cold February night in 1971, a lone guard manned a post outside an armory on the outskirts of the Marine base near 29 Palms. Without warning, the otherwise unearthly quiet was suddenly shattered when a large mass appeared out of the dark desert landscape. The guard raised his rifle and commanded whatever it was he was seeing in the distance to halt. And much to the young man's surprise, the large figure did not stop, but instead charged right at him at an inhuman pace. As the figure drew closer, the Marine realized what was approaching rapidly wasn't a man at all, but a huge, upright, running, hair-covered creature. Now, this guy obviously kind of got paralyzed by shock, and this young guard stood his ground, though, but yet at the same time he said he was too frightened to move. And as the creature began to approach the Marine Guard, he found that this thing, whatever it was, was extremely hairy. Once again, the Marine commanded the massive hairy creature to stop. He lifted his rifle up against him, and in response to this, the creature snatched the rifle from the Marine, bent it in half, and knocked this young Marine unconscious. Now, after the incident, both the CIA and FBI were called in to conduct an investigation, but much to their surprise, the locals were more than eager to tell their own stories about giant man-beasts in the area. As a matter of fact, on the very same night as the attack on the Marine Guard, two of the creatures were seen roaming through a neighborhood relatively close to the base. When a local couple took a look outside of their front window to see what was upsetting their dog, they saw the two Yucca men crossing the, their front lawn. Then sometime later, the same creatures were seen near a horse corral some distance away by other people living in the same neighborhood. <clears throat> the investigation also revealed that several employees at the Joshua Tree National Monument had seen Bigfoot-like creatures on numerous occasions. In one particular encounter, a group of Marines were out on a training exercise when they spotted the Yucca Man. The creature was said to have been staring at them from a distance before disappearing into the darkness. The Marines were left shaken by the encounter, and some even reported having nightmares about the creature for weeks afterward. Now, that's pretty darn scary. You fast forward to 1988. There's a couple of servicemen from 29 Palms who are returning home from a day of fun in the sun at Big Bear Lake. And this was somewhere around 9 p.m. local time. And they encountered a creature 
that the locals called the cement monster due to the fact that it was said to live near an old cement factory. As the two men approached the old factory, a large upright running creature moved across the road in front of their car. As was the case nine years earlier in the Desert Hot Springs, the animal in question was so large that the men could only see its lower half. The following is an account of the encounter told by one of the servicemen whose name was Ken Fox. This is a rather long quote, but I am going to read this in its entirety. And this is what it says. I used to be stationed at 29 Palms from 86 to 89. I spent a lot of time in Joshua Tree Monument, but never saw anything of real interest if you know what I mean. Where I did see something was with my Marine buddy Mike in the spring, March of 1988, after leaving Big Bear Lake. We had been snow skiing all day at Big Bear. Now, as you probably know, the quickest way to get back to 29 Palms is to take the shortcut route through the desert. I believe it goes through a very near Apple Valley. It eventually comes in the back way to Yucca Valley after passing through Landers. Yes, now you know the highway, right? Okay, here goes one of the coolest things that I ever saw in the 1980s. Mike and I had just left Big Bear. It was about 9 p.m. We were completely down from the mountain and just entering the desert, still kind of going downhill. On the right-hand side of the road, there is a cement factory, sort of all by itself. There isn't any civilization around for about 10 miles or so, which isn't uncommon for the Mojave Desert. Mike was driving. I believe I saw it first. From the left side of the road, something very large seemed to stand up on two legs and run across the road. The bottom half looked human covered with hair. The top half wasn't very visible, but appeared monstrous, scary in other words. The headlights only got the bottom half, and the damn thing ran out about 150 feet in front of us. It made it across the road in three strides. I distinctively remember seeing the arms pumping back and forth just like any of us would do if sprinting across the road in front of a car. It appeared to be eight feet tall. Now for the interesting part, I didn't say anything. I just kind of glanced over at Mike. He just kind of glanced back at me. Then we both looked right at each other. What the hell was that, I said. That was the cement monster. After him, Mike slammed on the brakes and turned around. I started digging through the glove box looking for his wife's pistol, and I said, go down the dirt road, still looking for the pistol. About 300 feet down the dirt road was the old cement factory, but no sign of the thing that ran out in front of us. So we drove around a little bit, but we didn't see it. We talked about it a few times before our enlistments were over. The strange thing is that we just accepted that we had simply seen some sort of a prehistoric man, and that was that. And it was no big deal, and maybe someday we might be privileged enough to see another. Now, the pair came to the conclusion that they had seen some form of prehistoric man and just returned to their journey home, just like, eh, well, it was some sort of 
Neanderthal, some prehistoric something. That was cool. Let's go home. (laughs) So I don't know that I could have done that. Um, I think I would have had to have searched around a little bit more. But, you know, hey, to each their own. I mean, I've never seen or had a Bigfoot encounter, so I don't know how I would react, to be honest with you. I would like to think that I would probably search around a little bit more, but hell, maybe they were just so scared, or maybe I would be too. I'd be just like, you know what? Eh, Neanderthal, prehistoric man. All right, cool, let's go. (laughs) Who knows? So that's it for the military. Let's look at the civilian testimonials here. So the Yucca Man's been spotted by civilians, not only in the vicinity of Yucca Valley, Uh, Joshua Tree National Park, and the Antelope Valley, but also in the surrounding areas. Numerous hikers, campers, and residents have come forward sharing their encounters with this mysterious creature, all claiming to have seen it lurking in their very own backyards. Not literally. That's a figurative form of speech. So a local resident had an extraordinary encounter when he spotted the Yucca Man lurking outside his house during the late hours of the night. The mysterious creature was described as towering over eight feet tall with its body completely covered in tangled, unkempt hair. Now, this local resident couldn't help but feel an overwhelming sense of fear and unease as he witnessed the creature vanished into the abyss of the darkness. And a group of hikers in Joshua Tree National Park had an encounter when they stumbled upon the Yucca Man lurking in the shadows. Startled by its lightning-fast movements and remarkable agility, the creature vanished into the darkness before the hikers could catch a proper glimpse of it. In May of 1979, a young couple were leaving their condominium complex in Desert Hot Springs north of Palm Springs when a large hairy creature emerged from behind a yucca in front of their car. And according to the driver, the animal, which had a chest the size of a refrigerator and arms that hung down below its knees, was so large that he could only see it from the midsection down. That beast reportedly was covered in long tan-colored hair and disappeared quickly back into the night, leaving no footprint evidence. And also in 1979, a 12-foot-tall Bigfoot-like creature made a visit to Hemet, California, some distance to the south of Palm Strings. Uh, He did this twice in a one-week period. This time, however, the creature left a grand total of 17 tracks in the mud along a rural road during his initial visit. And these tracks measured 18 inches in length and were spaced some six feet apart. Now, noted Bigfoot researchers Douglas Trapp and Danny Perez both conducted an investigation of this sighting, even going as far as to perform a stakeout of the location where the tracks were found. However, the Yucca Man decided not to make a repeat performance for those guys. So overall, the Yucca Man remains a mystery And it's an elusive being, just like its cousin Bigfoot. Sightings and encounters reported by both military and personnel alike suggest that there there is something going on around the 29 Palms area in Joshua Tree National Park. 
So speaking of that, Twenty Nine Palms and Joshua Tree, <clears throat> what are the habitat and range of the Yucca Man? Well, you've got you know Mojave Desert locations. The Yucca Man is this cryptid creature that is believed to inhabit the Mojave Desert, specifically areas around Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree National Park, and the 29 Palms Naval and Marine Base. And according to the stories of the aforementioned Tongva people, there have been sightings of hairy beasts in this area of the desert for centuries. And we know Yucca Man sightings date back to 1971 um, in the modern era, and possibly even back even further. And, but definitely since 1990 or 1971, there have been numerous reports of sightings from locals and tourists. So he's adapted to this desert environment. Now, like I said, he's believed to be some sort of relative or cousin of Bigfoot, but with adaptations to this desert that he lives in. It's large feet are an adaptation to the sandy terrain, which allows it to move quickly and silently, and the creature's hairy coat is believed to help regulate its body temperature, protecting it from the extreme heat of the desert during the day and the extreme cold temperatures at night. Now, the desert environment is known for its lack of water, and it's believed that Yucca Man has adapted to this by being able to go for long periods of time without hydrating himself. It's also believed that the creature is nocturnal, which allows it to avoid the extreme heat of the day and hunt for food during the cooler nighttime hours. So overall, Yucca Man's adaptations to the harsh desert environment make it a fascinating cryptid to study and learn more about. And speaking of studying and learning about it, there have been a few or more than a few scientific-type investigations about the Yucca Man. So you have some biologist perspectives here. For years, biologists have just dedicated their research to unraveling the mystery of the Yucca Man. Their goal is to determine whether this enigmatic being is a genuine creature or merely a figment of imagination. Among the biologists, there exists a prevailing belief that the Yucca Man belongs to a realm of undiscovered primates. <coughs> Excuse me. They substantiate their claim by highlighting the creature's substantial stature, shaggy exterior, and its unique way of walking on two legs. These distinctive characteristics strongly suggest that the Yucca Man is more closely related to primates rather than humans or any other known animal species. On the other hand, some biologists maintain a more skeptical stance. They contend that the existence of the Yucca Man lacks any type of solid evidence. They emphasize the unreliability of eyewitness testimony and suggest that numerous sightings of the Yucca Man might actually be misidentifications of other creatures like bears or large dogs. And we've had some search expeditions that have come about looking for the Yucca Man. Numerous search expeditions have been initiated in attempt to locate this elusive cryptid, despite the absence of any solid proof. The expeditions have attracted 
a diverse group of enthusiasts ranging from amateur investigators to seasoned professionals. They ventured into the untamed wilderness surrounding the Yucca Valley as well as the neighboring Joshua Tree National Park, hoping to unravel the mystery surrounding this enigmatic figure. Now, regrettably, all attempts to uncover any type of solid proof of the Yucca Man's existence have ended in utter disappointment. Although a few researchers have stumbled upon footprints and other indications that they speculate might belong to this mysterious being, these discoveries are frequently challenged by skeptics who contend that the footprints could have been created by different creatures. The scientific inquiry into the mysterious Yucca Man has left us with no definitive answers. While a group of biologists firmly believes that this enigmatic creature is an actual undiscovered primate, there are still skeptics among them. Numerous search expeditions have been, untaken, have been <coughs> undertaken excuse me, to uncover the truth about the Yucca Man, but unfortunately none have managed to present any solid evidence of his existence. Despite all of this, the Yucca Man has had a cultural impact in the area. So this Yucca Man, this mysterious creature of California, has made appearances in numerous forms of media throughout the years. The captivating legend of Yucca Man has been explored in documentaries, TV shows, and movies alike. Among these, there's a spine-chilling horror film called Yucca Man, which follows a harrowing journey of a group of hikers who come face-to-face with this enigmatic being in the Mojave Desert. Now, this was released in 2006, and the movie garnered a blend of reviews, leaving audiences uh, with uh, a mixed bag of emotions. I have not seen that. Uh, There is a... uh, movie called The Beast of Yucca Flats. I cannot, it was either from the 50s or the 60s, I can't remember what, that has to do with uh, some radioactive testing uh, having an effect on uh, a scientist or something like that. And I don't think that has anything to do with the Yucca Man. Um, I just think it was a coincidence or whatever. It could have been an inspiration. I don't know. Um, but uh, if you if you like bad movies, you need to see... The Beast of Yucca Flats, um, and um, if um, you just want to just further torture yourself, maybe you should also check out Yucca Man. Uh, I, I'm going to look for that on Amazon Prime. I, 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 after, I think that's a good thing for me to do. Look that up. Surely Amazon Prime has it, right? So, yeah, so we've got Yucca Man in TV movies, stuff like that. Books have been written about him. But he does have this influence on the local tourism because of the popularity. The tale of the Yucca Man has left an indelible mark on California's tourism scene. This enigmatic creature has become a hot topic of conversation among both tourists and residents. Visitors flock to Joshua Tree National Park in the 29 Palms Naval and Marine Base eagerly hoping to catch a glimpse of this mysterious being. The local tourism industry has cleverly seized on the legend of Yucca Man, offering guided tours and a plethora of creature-themed merchandise to cater to the curious. So as you can plainly see, the cultural landscape of California has been greatly shaped 
by this captivating tale of the Yucca Man. This legendary creature has left an indelible mark on the region, inspiring numerous media portrayals and even impacting local tourism. <clears throat> Yet we have talked about people who do not believe that there is a Yucca Man at all, and that's what we're going to conclude tonight's show on, is we're going to talk about briefly some skeptics and debunking. So there are these misidentification theories, right? There are those who doubt the existence of the Yucca Man, claiming that these sightings are just merely instances of mistaken identity. The proposal is that people who see the Yucca Man, who claim to have seen the Yucca Man, might have confused bears, gorillas, or other sizable creatures with this mysterious being. Nevertheless, this argument quickly falls apart when we consider that bears and gorillas are not indigenous to the Southern California region where the Yucca Man sightings have taken place. Moreover, eyewitness testimonies vividly depict the Yucca Man with unique attributes like elongated arms and a hairy physique, traits that do not align with any known animal in the area. And I could not find any type of story, you know, where you would expect it to have like, oh, the uh, circus train was traveling through the desert and it crashed and some, you know, gorillas got out and they mated with the local goats or they raped a farm girl or desert girl and produced some offspring and that's what the Yucca Man is. You know, there's always a tale uh, somewhere, it seems, of the circus train crashing and some creatures escaping and inevitably they mate with something or whatever or it was some sort of weird freaking hybrid to start off with and now that's how the legend gets started. <clears throat> well, I didn't find anything like that in the 29 Palms area or uh, Joshua Tree National Park area or anything like that. So there's no story of the Yucca Man being any, having anything to do with an escaped creature. Now, I uh, am really, really good friends, best friends, as a matter of fact, with a guy who was a former Marine who was stationed out in 29 Palms for um, about three years, I believe. Um, he did not encounter the Yucca Man while he was there. Um, not that he was out there specifically looking for the Yucca Man, but uh, he did uh, part of his his job um, without me being able to. Uh, he had to have a top secret clearance to to do his job, so I can't really reveal uh, too much of of what he did. Uh, but I will say that um, what he did, uh, he worked at night most of the time and was in an area that was. Uh, um, I'm not going to say classified, but the area was off limits to uh, just anyone. You had you had to have special permission or top secret clearance to be there. Um, and so he was out in 29 Palms by himself at night a lot back in the 90s. And he did not have any encounter with the Yucca Man. Now, does that mean that the Yucca Man doesn't exist? No, it just means that my friend that was there didn't see him. So we know there is a lack of physical evidence 
for the Yucca Man. Now, skeptics often bring up this lack of tangible proof as their main argument against the existence of Yucca Man. Despite the countless sightings and report of this mysterious creature, no one's managed to capture or eliminate one. And by eliminate, I mean like kill, right? However, it's important to note that this argument is flawed as the absence of evidence doesn't automatically disprove the existence of Yucca Man. Interestingly, other cryptids like Bigfoot and, I don't know, the Loch Ness Monster, they haven't been definitively proven to exist either, yet they remain the focus of continuous research and investigation. Excuse me, and investigation. Shouldn't have drank that last little swig as well. But, uh, so, in conclusion here, despite the efforts of skeptics to disprove the existence of Yucca Man by proposing misidentification theories and pointing out the absence of physical evidence, the accounts of eyewitnesses and the enduring fascination with this cryptid indicate that there might be a deeper truth to the legend. Whether Yucca Man is merely an urban legend, a paranormal being, or a wild creature that's mostly eluded the gaze of humans is unknown. However, one day, researchers might find the answers that explain these many tales of wild men or creatures that seems to stretch across the globe. There's got to be something to it, folks, because there's too many tales that are similar to each other out there. So I think that there is something to Yucca Man. What he is, I don't know. How many of them are there? That's another thing that we didn't get a chance to dive into tonight. If there's one, there's got to be more, right? Because you don't expect a, a Bigfoot-type creature to live 500 years. Granted, we don't know how long they live, but you don't expect them to be immortal, right? You don't expect them to live for centuries if there's one there's got to be a breeding population for them to keep being seen over the the decades right so just food for thought food for thought well that about does it for this episode of pair reality thanks for listening everybody especially for that long ramble about the the news that i dropped at the first of the the episode man i'm so excited and happy to be part of evergreen podcast network i'm really looking forward to my relationship with these guys and i like i said i want to thank them for uh believing in me and believing in this little podcast and for picking me up it really means a lot to me and i'm super excited to be an official podcaster for the smoky mountain bigfoot festival in townsend tennessee on may the 4th 2024 make sure you check out their website on uh or their, their Facebook page, should I say. Just go to Facebook and type in Smoky, that's S-M-O-K-Y, Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival, and you can uh, find out how to buy tickets, learn about who the guests and the vendors are going to be, sign up for the 5K run if you want to, uh, learn who the musical guests are going to be. There's Slash Squatch, which is, uh, man, Slash Squatch is awesome. He's a Sasquatch uh, that plays guitar tar like slashing has a top hat on his great it's freaking awesome and of course there's there's wrestling man it's wonderful stuff so uh, thank you guys for putting up with me while i made those announcements tonight thank you for listening uh and being such loyal listeners and for putting up with me while i was out with my injury which i'm still recovering from by the way i've started physical therapy um 
and I'm not where I need to be, but I am well enough now that uh, I can get into the secret bunker uh, with relative ease and without fear of uh, injuring myself further. So thank you guys for the continued thoughts and prayers and for sending good vibes out my way. Before I close out the podcast, though, take a listen to this for me, please. If you'd like to leave a comment about tonight's episode of Parareality, have an idea for a topic you'd like me to cover, or a story you'd like to tell, send me an email, sandman at parareality.com, or call The Secret Bunker at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. Don't forget that by leaving me your message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. Also, don't forget to follow Parareality on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook by looking for Sandman.Parareality. Or you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram under the username at Radio. You can also find Parareality on YouTube under the username Parareality1. That's Parareality with the number one out behind it. Parareality.com is the home of the podcast on the web. And it's also where you can find paranormal news from all around the world in the Paranews section. And you can listen to past episodes in the archive section, all for the price of absolutely nothing. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can buy yourself some swag in the official Parareality shop while you're there. You can also support the podcast for free by leaving me a three-star or better review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Your reviews help the podcast to grow and reach even more people, and I would appreciate it very much. I'd love to hear from you guys, so send me those emails. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. Next episode is going to drop on Friday, March 15th in two weeks at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So please make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. And don't forget to check out evergreenpodcast.com. I'm on the Killer Podcast Network associated with Evergreen. Uh, check out parareality.com, the all-new parareality.com that is, bam, just making its debut as of now. If you're listening to this, the new website's up and running. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me for the last several months while I recovered from my injury and um, while I went through this transitions phase with evergreen. I am so happy to be back at it. I'm so happy to be back on track. Things are looking up and this is going to be a great season of parareality. So thank you guys. I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then where you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening. I hope you had a great weekend. And I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.